Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of Gears of Terror, and it's me, Boy Eli. It's me, Joe. And we're here to talk about a very interesting topic. Um, so, there was an interesting uh, thing that happened uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, as you guys know, we're big fighting game fans, we watched Capcom Cup. Uh, and they recently announced uh, for the next Capcom World Cup, uh, there's going to be the first place winner is going to win. How much money, Joe, again? Well, I believe the prize pool is going to be $2 million. Mm-hmm. Which, um, if you don't know much about at least uh, the fighting game uh, community, uh, a lot of their tournaments don't have a lot of big prize pools. So you know that's pretty big news, especially for like a new for the new Street Fighter Six. Uh, yeah, it sort of shows it's yeah it's pretty much it's a lot of money right for yep. competing in these sorts of things, and uh, for fighting games uh, they haven't had a whole lot of big prize pool. Price pools, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's pretty big news that uh, one of the biggest fighting games uh, in you know the gaming space is getting like huge money, but it's not like video game like esports stuff getting huge prize pools in general it has. A, it's not like uncommon. It's not like, and we're gonna be talking about that. Yeah, because uh, it is quite interesting uh, whenever we do see uh, video gaming. Because, you know, like video gaming as a whole has been always, uh, at least when it comes to competitive like esports stuff, has always been kind of like in a weird spot. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always been constant like of like talk from like uh, major media outlets and stuff like that. Sort of like comparing whether or not, you know, esports is, you know, a sport like video, you can't you know playing competitive how, how, video games. How does a kid, a thirteen-year-old kid, able to like win a million dollars just by playing video games? Does that mean I can do this too? You know that kind of like narrative that they tend to go with. Yeah, and I think it's that sort of thing of like, oh, if you know it's a video game, you know anyone can play it. Therefore, it's not as mm-hmm. um, like prestigious as like professional sports. Mm-hmm. You know, and like that's why. A lot of people get sort of, you know, like a lot of those sort of mainstream uh, news stuff sort of like kind of looks down upon it. But in my brain, I sort of think of it as like, well, anyone can really play like any sort of professional sport when you think about it. Like, mm-hmm. It's it's time and dedication. Yeah, like obviously like anyone can play soccer or baseball or football, but not everyone has the like the potential to be an all-time professional at it, mm-hmm. you know? Like... I'm pretty sure there's people out there that, like, complain about, like, say, oh, you know what, these football players are complaining about the money they get. They play a children's sport when you think about it, you know? There might be some people out there just like, oh, hey, you know, this guy, he just gets a ball all day, you know, like, every once a week or whatever, and he's complaining about not getting paid enough kind of thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think there is, like, with video games, obviously, it's more of, like, and, and, and granted, just to set this as before, as we continue, we're not saying one is better than the other. No, I don't think anyone has said that yeah. either. Um, it's more of like what people say about esports, comparing it to uh, professional sports, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, baseball and uh, football and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But most of this conversation is basically going to also revolve around the idea of basically making money with video games, you know, as, as a living. Because it's a lot harder than a lot of people would think it is. 
Yeah, like there are, and it depends on what game you're talking about too. Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, um, with fighting games, like the prize pools aren't that big. It really depends on the publisher and their commitment to putting into the the competitive circuit. Yeah, to get those payments. And, like, and that's where another thing we're going to talk about. This mm-hmm. is like there's a lot of things where, uh, obviously Dota. League of Legends. Um, I think there might be another game. Fortnite. A lot of people are would ask about like how do you know those games you know get so much money? The reason is because you know developers put so much you know input into like making it so you're able to get money from it, and also the consumers themselves. <laughs> yeah, because I know at least for League, um, they they do sometimes do these things where uh, in the run up to a like the big like League of Legends like final or whatever, uh, they do do things where they can allow consumers to buy uh, like a pack, which will contribute money to the prize pool, and they can get like certain things out of it too. Mm. And I know uh, Street Fighter has kind of done this a little bit with uh, whenever a Capcom Cup rolls around, mm-hmm. where there is like a Capcom like uh, Cup like purchasable thing or something yeah where you can like oh buy it you know if you buy this you'll add a couple extra dollars or whatever to mm. the price pool you know so yeah those are the ways of like uh developers sort of like so let's start there the yeah. the idea of developers um you know being able to put in the effort into supporting like pro players and people who come who you know do this for a living because for a lot of people it's like well can't you do that with any game that's sadly not true as as like so for a lot of people they're like oh if you play video games you know you know i guess you can make money out of this isn't that it's not every video game it's not um always a, a specific competitive game uh the reason for that is because like you were saying developer support so and we're gonna use fighting games for an example because this is because uh, you know that was it's, our it feels like it's most prevalent in fighting games. Yeah, where you can see that disparity of like, uh, oh, you know, depending on the developer, mm-hmm. you know, you can get X amount of money from all these tournaments and stuff, mm-hmm. or heck, you have a like an uh, official like, uh, world tour circuit mm-hmm. basically where, you know, you have special like licensed events and like, um, you can also like do like a small little grassroots tournament that can participate as well mm. and that sort of thing like capcom and like uh bandai namco have those sort of uh for, for street fighter and tekken both respectively yeah they and, have those sort of like avenues for that sort of stuff you know but some games don't have that um case in point so capcom is like best known for some of their fighting games um one of the games that they've you know well known are well known to make is their crossword fighting game like marvel's capcom there hasn't been until recently, I would say, with Evo uh, Evolution Championships, where they announced that yes, we're doing a Ultimate Marvel's Capcom Three tournament, and the first and the prize is a twenty-five k. Yeah, twenty-five k prize pool. Yeah. yeah, and that is probably the only time you'll see a huge number for that, and that's kind of and that's not huge compared to what Capcom Cup has said a million. Yeah, but granted. Part of that, I believe, is just, like, the age of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, that game came out back in, like, 2011, 2012, I think. Yeah. So, obviously, it's not, like, priority for Capcom to, say, 
make an ult like an ultimate Marvel three uh, circuit or whatever for mm. it. And that's sort of like the thing with you know the developers. They usually just focus on like say like the the current game right mm-hmm. that they have. So that way, you know, people buy that current game and stuff. And sometimes the current game isn't the same as the old game. Yeah, you know, um, so that's sort of like, I would say, like, marketing reasoning mm-hmm. as to why. And while whatever you may say about, because uh, after Ultimate Marvel 3 came Marvel's Capcom Infinite, and that one barely had a scene in terms of, like, competition, of getting any prizes... Because there wasn't any much, like, support for it. I know that they wanted to do something with it. I think they went through with it. It was, like, a battle... I think it was, like, Battle for the the Stones or whatever. Yeah. Which was, like, supposed to be, like, its own little competitive circuit for the Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Mm. Um, But it did have priceful money. I don't remember exactly how much, but it wasn't... But like you said, like, because of the game itself um, being a bit mixed in terms of reception like there wasn't a whole lot of people playing it competitively and which you know obviously led to eventually like Capcom not making uh, you know any more uh putting any more time into that sort of game or it's a professional scene because it's like you know no one's playing this game you know so yeah and there's also like the fact that with specifically in fighting games too and we're gonna get to stuff like Fortnite and all that is that um, there's, a, for fighting games, there's often a lot of love for the old school classics. They still run Street Fighter 2 Turbo tournaments. Mm-hmm. They still run Street Fighter 3 tournaments. Mm-hmm. Tekken 3, uh, Ultimate Marvel, is there another one? And so on and so forth. Like, there's, a uh, Vampire Savior, which is a game that you've probably all never heard of. It's technically called Dark Star, because you ever seen Morgan? Yeah, no, they still have tournaments for that. I mean, yeah, but, and again, it's just, uh, you, there's a lot of grassroots stuff for it, mm-hmm. so, um, like, that's all, like, community-supported, right? Like, mm-hmm. the community sort of buys into it, and uh, so a lot of those sort of tournaments have, like, hey, pay $10 to get in, and then, you know, essentially those $10, with along with everybody, gets pulled into the prize pot Mm -hmm. and you know whoever wins gets like a portion of that money and so you know he goes down further down the list second third place that stuff and you know like again it's like the like you know developers aren't going to be doing much for it because yeah they don't have an incentive because it's a game they don't make copies of anymore and they don't get money from it if you buy it like from the secondhand market so it's just like I don't know, like, I I kind of feel that, yeah, Capcom doesn't do... And this isn't just a Capcom, this is just, like, any... Game. Yeah, it's, it's just any game, like, whenever you're making competitive, uh... Mm. uh like, if you're doing, like, a Halo 2, like, an OG Halo 2, you get your old Xboxes out, land tournament kind of thing, I don't think Microsoft's kind of come in and be like, hey, yeah, here's, like, $250,000, okay, you know, $250,000 uh, for our prize pool. They're probably just, like... Well, I mean, we don't. I, if you're playing this on the Master Chief Collection, maybe I would give you money, but you're not. So I mean, I just, you know, it's just it's just kind of one of those we, things. We want to focus on the new one because we can promote the fuck out of that, and we and we can sell a lot more stuff through that. Yeah, which it's not like I don't think it's I, not it's it's totally understandable from yeah, a marketing aspect, right? Yeah, it's from under- a business aspect. It makes sense. 
like there, there's you can't do anything. You can't update the old games because that's a lot of work, and you don't want to put too much money into that. And and you know it's a different hardware kind of stuff. Like the things that you that people do to support current like competitive games aren't the same as you would do for like an old school game. So those ten games tend to be like more grassroots, low, and very like community built. Look at the Smash Melee. I mean, yeah, and and that's what I was gonna get to. Like Smash is in that sort of weird spot. Like Ultimate is obviously still popular, and heck, uh, Nintendo I think wanted to do like it's always been kind of weird with Smash and in terms of like as an esport. Um, obviously with Melee they've had this weird sort of like. Back and forth. <laughs> yeah, back and forth of, like, not wanting people to, like, stream it and, like, do do stuff to where, like, the community essentially kind of fought back. And, like, when Nintendo's, like, uh, uh, you know, lifted some of those restrictions and now we're in sort of a situation where they uh, were got, you know, because Nintendo wasn't doing, like, essentially enough, uh, community, the community, the Smash community went out and you know made their own smash world tour sort of circuit for mm. melee and ultimate and then uh you know smash decided to join up with uh panda global to make the panda cup you know which would be pretty much a, a nintendo backed competitive circuit for the smash community and you know due to some shenanigans that's sort of been put on the back burner but yeah, it's just kind of a mm. you know it's a weird relationship, and it's def it, it it's a clear sign of like yeah no developers you know it's mainly you know they are are the primary chiefs of like hey this game is viable as a competitive scene you can make money out of it instead of just like having it be sort of a grassroots community thing because when yeah when it comes to melee and stuff it's all like backed by the community and stuff you know uh like hell i'm pretty sure like a good chunk of the top players are like don't make a whole lot of money from playing smash and that's sort of the sad thing about it like you know just to like jump a little bit ahead like fort there was that fortnite cup back in like 2019 i think yeah yeah, where uh some kid won like three million dollars or something Mm -hmm. and that's like more than like 10 times the amount of money or like i think there's like a crazy statistic where like that's more money than than uh than any competitive like smash player who consistently makes like top you know one or two appearances Mm -hmm. makes in their entire their entire career yeah because it's a game again that's old that a company doesn't want to back anymore because there's no way to promote it further or you know in the case of nintendo they just don't care about the competitive scene in general and just find it a little weird (laughs) you know so yeah like to yeah so so to the uh the idea of like oh you know you know it to people who think that it's easy it's not it really it depends on the game you know it depends on the game and it also depends on the developer themselves so obviously you know you mentioned fortnite Fortnite's made by um, Epic, Epic, which not only makes money through Fortnite, but through Epic Games. I mean, yeah, they're a game store, and their use of the Unreal Engine that they license out to other companies, you know, so they make a bunch of money. I mean, heck, obviously, like Fortnite itself has made a bunch of money, which is why they're willing to like have these insane pots 
mm-hmm. as you know but at the same time uh if you think oh i can just play fortnite a battle royale which random and stuff and i think i can win a couple of uh championships like <laughs> not, no one ain't but nah it ain't that easy because uh you're gonna be playing with a bunch of kids and stuff who know how to friggin' build giant, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> giant like structures the size of the Empire State Building, and just going like, "What the hell?" Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's the other thing when it comes to sort of like, uh, you know, that whole idea of like esports being like super easy to get into, where uh, the, the the consensus is that oh, it's just me pushing a bunch of buttons. You know, it's not that physically mm-hmm. taxing on you and stuff which is like i mean there's a lot of mental things going on with it and obviously i think there's still physical stuff going on with it too because you need to have like good rest and stuff like that to uh you know like be there's able a, to play there, at a high level there's a health side to it not just sitting down and just you know looking at a screen all day yeah like there is there's a lot i think competitive players have to do in mm-hmm. order to stay healthy and make sure they're playing at the highest level, you know. Um, and I think that's sort of like half the other the other half of the reason why people like at least mainstream like sort of people mm. sort of look down on like esports. It's like, oh, you know, that's just something uh, anyone can easy, do. Yeah, anyone can do. Like it's super easy, right, to play a video game when clearly it's not. It's not just pressing buttons mm-hmm. and stuff. Like I mean, if you took the time to like League of Legends, <laughs> yeah, it's, you could boil it down to just clicking on your mouse and like pressing a couple of buttons on your laptop or computer, or whatever. But the mechanics and all the intricacies that go into the the meta and stuff mm-hmm. are just so complex that I think an average person trying to get onto League are just gonna be so confused, you know? Yeah, no, there's a lot of uh, intricacies, and even then, like you know. The game that you could get into might be more difficult to find such support to, because like I don't tend to uh, I, I don't know I'm I'm not I don't play Fortnite I don't look for Fortnite games or anything of the like but rarely do I ever see any like uh you know grassroots events. Yeah, I think that's partially because I think Epic's willing to make these large scale events and stuff so. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, no, but uh, I think the thing with the Fortnite tournaments, yeah, it is just, you know, it's a lot easier when the developer is willing to put out a lot of money and, like, official support mm-hmm. for these tournaments than it is to just make a grassroots tournament kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's just no, there's like, there's no need for it, right? Yeah. Like, with a lot of the games you mentioned earlier... With the Street Fighter uh, 3, you know, uh, X-Smash Melee and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, the need for, like, that community-backed tournament is there because no one else, like, no, like, the developers aren't, you know, willing to put the time and effort, uh, or more like, more or less the money Mm -hmm. into building it up and sustaining, like, a, a circuit like that. And, yeah, again, like we said, it's, it's not like... Like, it's understandable why that's the case a lot of the time, especially with those old games, you know. Uh, but it's more, it is sort of like, 
it's a nuanced take of like, hey, you know, you can get into video games professionally and play these games at a professional level. However, don't assume you're going to be making a ton of money off of it day one, you know? <laughs> no. Espe- like, depending on the game, like, yeah, you could be like that kid that won that Fortnite mm. tournament and win a bunch of money. But that's Fortnite, right? If you're thinking about, like, doing that for some other games, you gotta, like, know the... Essentially, you gotta, like, see what the scene is like, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and realize that, yeah, alright, can I make a living off of this? Maybe, but to bring it back to fighting games, I feel like a good chunk of competitive fighting game uh, players, yeah, they go to tournaments and make money there, but at the same time, they do other things like streaming, for instance, to, yeah. as, as a way to mm-hmm. like, ensure that they can still do what they do. Mm-hmm. You know? Even have a real job sometimes. Yeah, there. I mean, I know uh, in terms of the Melee community, uh, I know I knew that Hungrybox for a little bit was an actual engineer. Like he st- went through college, studied to be like an engineer, and was doing that engineering stuff all while playing competitive Smash. It wasn't until I think he joined up with uh, Team Liquid and I think got more into the streaming stuff where he could be like, all right, let me focus full-time on competitive Smash. I think I have enough to where I can kind of sustain myself Mm -hmm. without doing the engineering stuff, you know? And that's the thing, you know? At least in terms of that sort of community. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I feel like it is sort of just, like, you have to, like, sort of, like, plan it out Mm-hmm. You know, like, cause I feel like a lot, especially because of, uh, you know, the whole uh, situation back in 2020 when, like, a lot of tournaments had to show it down, not just fighting games, just in general. Yeah. Like, a lot of competitive players, I think, had to transition into doing uh, live streaming stuff because, realistically, that was sort of the only way for a lot of their skills one, they can still hone their skills, right? Through, like, online play and stuff, hopefully. And two, it's a, you know, obviously a decent way of making money mm. as well, you know? Yeah. No, you're right. And it's it's one of those things where, like, competitive, you know, uh, gaming is a thing. And it you can make money off of it. But just because, you know, you can make a load of money out of it doesn't mean it's a secure way to... You know, to live. It's like I. I think it's also kind of. It would be comparable to say, um, to like being a YouTuber, right? Yeah. <laughs> in in that sort of way, like anyone can be a YouTuber. Yeah, in theory, you anyone can make videos on YouTube and stuff, and hope mm. to become a big person that can make a living off of it. Mm. But considering where YouTube is now, mm. you know, like back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I think it was a hell of a lot easier because, you know, YouTube was still new. No one knew what the hell they were doing. And most of the time they were just posting a bunch of dumb videos that would get viral and stuff. Now you have to, if you're going to be a YouTuber, you need to be more proactive and like, um, be good at social media and, and like, you know, consistent scheduling. Yeah. To like gain that sort of buildup of support. And obviously the YouTube algorithm is a thing. It will, it's a fickle goddess. 
Yeah, that, that it will, is. You know, that will pick and choose whatever decides to be popular for a day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hoping and praying that one day that maybe it's you. And maybe you can get a decent chunk of people. And then hopefully building a base off of that as well. Because that's also the other thing with YouTubing, mm-hmm. right? It's like once you get, like, a dedicated audience, you know, like, it's hard to maintain that. And maybe sometimes it's like maybe your content's getting old. Do you want to change it up? Maybe that drives away your old fans. But maybe you can get new fans. Point is, a lot of complicated stuff when it comes to YouTubing and to just generally to generalize it all down to being like, oh, YouTubing's easy kind of thing. It's easy to make money off of mm-hmm. YouTube where it's like, not necessarily, you know? Which is why I think back in like 2012, mm-hmm. when, you, like, when it started to become apparent, like, oh, you can make a living off of YouTube now, like a good chunk of the people that were making a lot of money were Let's Players, right? Let's Players? Yeah. Uh, because... And I think that's where this whole sort of thing of, like, making video games, play, playing video games and making a living off of it came from as well. You know, it wasn't just, like, eSports, like, on the rise and, like, oh, you can play video games competitively. It's also just, hey, there's people that are just playing straight up playing games that people are watching for entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in that sort of perspective, that's why we got a lot of those sort of, like, uh, channels where Let's Players, you know, stuff... Heck, I think there was even people who were, like, making a side gaming channel just to cash in, you know? Like, I'm pretty sure, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Um, the Game Theory guy. Yeah. Also had, like, maybe a little, uh, bit where he would do little Let's Plays every now and again. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, that, that's just the thing that was happening back in those days. Where, like, any sort of big, successful YouTuber would also maybe try to see if they can get into gaming. Because, hey, you know, people are watching these Let's Players. Let's let's try to do, like, a side gaming channel. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it would work. Sometimes did not. You know? So, yeah. Like, it is sort of apparent of, yes, you could make a living. But it's not as easy as everybody says. Mm-hmm. You got to put in time and effort. Which, much like an actual sport when it comes <laughs> to esports... Yeah. Yeah, you could make a living off of playing soccer or football, but you better be, like, really, really good at it and hone your skills enough to the point where you can be, say, uh, selected to get maybe a scholarship Mm -hmm. to go to a university to play out in college. Or slash be scouted by... You know, various people to get played into, like, the minor league system Mm -hmm. and eventually go to the pro leagues. That sort of thing. To to like to to give it to like a real world example, what was I forget his he's one of our he's one of our players for the Astros. He's um he got scattered, he was like at the age of forty or thirty, was it? Are you uh Guriel, Guriel. Oh, you're talking about okay. Yeah. Uh yeah. Why did I forget his name? It's but well to be fair, like I think part part of his story was that he was from Cuba. Yeah. And he sort of had to get to the United States by the time he was, like, 30 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was playing competitively baseball in Cuba, but he didn't make it to the major leagues until he was, like, yeah, in his 30s, and that's just how it is in Cuba. But I get what you mean, mm-hmm. you know? Like, th- there is a lot of honing your craft when it comes to that stuff. Like, there's definitely, like, at least in terms of baseball, because there is, like, a minor league system, and then you have to get promoted to the major leagues. Mm-hmm. There are some players that just 
take years to in the being in the minors before they get to the major leagues. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like you got to hone that craft and stuff. Because like, I mean, they're still getting paid, but like not as much as say like a major league player would. You know, mm-hmm. that's where sponsorships come in, and like that's another thing. Uh, sometimes these games are sponsored, and they have a lot of support. Like I think Evil this year is being sponsored by Chipotle. But which is like the first time I think they've actually been like had that like you know sponsored by thing. Because mm-hmm. for the most part, I feel like Evo has always been like, oh, it's just Evo, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, considering the size of Evo, you know, it gets bigger every year. I, yeah, it does make sense for that to happen. Like, I mean, to be fair, it happens with everything, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the only like when it comes to like major sports, like when it comes to like major sports, I don't think the Super Bowl is is the Super Bowl like sponsored by by I, either Pepsi or Apple. Yeah. Like, that's, I why, that's why that's why the that's why the halftime show is like Pepsi presenting because like it's yeah uh, like, yeah yeah but yeah no I mean that's no, I mean I that that as well is where mm-hmm. they get money too because sponsors will dump money in because it's like hey show our stuff and we'll give you some money to run this event kind mm-hmm. of thing you know um but yeah no it, yeah it, and heck I mean like I said as well at least when it comes with uh, competitive gaming there is like teams and stuff like Team Liquid Panda Global. Um, Echo Fox when it was still around, mm-hmm. you know. Renegade. Uh, I think T One is also yeah. competitive. Uh, moist. Yeah, <laughs> the Moist Esports team. Yeah, you know, like all that stuff. You know, it's just, uh, mm. you know, people being able to join those sort of uh, esports teams that that also gives them a bit of a steady income as well. Yeah, because they're being paid by a team to play games mm-hmm. you know now of course we're going off to how making games uh how to make money through gaming but obviously going back to the whole idea of esports um it's totally dependent on the developers and like you know the community itself like sometimes the community will move forward but there's still a, a community that supports the old one like yeah because overwatch 2 you know uh you know i haven't seen much of it but i feel like it's you know it's still being competitive i mean we we have our uh you know, or outlaws over here. And there's always an event, something going around about that with those guys. Uh, so like, you know, the, the community, there's always like a community support, whether it be big or small when it comes to these esports. but you know, the esports ones, you tend to have the bigger community. I mean, heck look at league of legends, how often they sell out crowds. <laughs> yeah. They have full, uh, stadiums and stuff. Mm. Uh, same thing with Dota, you know, that's, I think that's sort of like the crazy thing when it comes to like those types of esports. Heck, um, StarCraft Two back in the day, like in South Korea, they would actually play that shit on TV. Like the competitive StarCraft Two, mm-hmm. which is kind of insane to me that StarCraft Two was like because this is a strategy game, you know? Yeah. And that shit was like so competitive. And nowadays, when you don't you you don't hear like StarCraft Two in the conversation anymore when it comes to esports. It's Fortnite, uh, League. Uh, Dota, um, competitive shooters like Overwatch or uh, Counter Strike, Valorant. You know, like, like those types of games are getting like the sort of the big bucks now in terms of like this getting like the spotlight in terms of the esports, not Dota. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm sorry, uh, not StarCraft. Which I, I don't know. I guess like when in my <laughs> just to get a little off ta- off topic, I feel mm-hmm. like when it comes to, like the strategy games being competitive, it's kind of like. A higher, like a higher uh, mm-hmm. version of chess, if you will. You it know, is, it basically is. Which is the other thing where when I think about it, it's like, 
Okay, so people don't have issues with, like, chess being, like, seen as a sport, right? Mm. But yet, like, gaming is where you draw the line. But, like, there's no... Like, you could make the same argument with chess as you make with gaming, where it's like, oh, it's not that physically demanding. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, oh, but it's the mental aspect of chess, you know, like or, or whatever. I don't know. I mean, not to, not to badmouth chess players, you know. No, of course not. I mean, you know, chess players are pretty freaking cool, yeah. you know? Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I guess to the point of our convers- of, of, of this podcast is, is that while yes, um, esports will, you know, help make a living, it kind of depends on the community and the support and like the game you play. Yeah. And more of like, it's kind of like crazy to see how much money is into gaming, but mm-hmm. like these like esports stuff, but yeah, you are right that like. Mm-hmm. you need to like really sort of like thread the needle in terms of like trying to make it a viable option mm-hmm. to make a living off of you just know? like any job yeah because like you know like obviously i think that's sort of the thing with entertainment and like sports and stuff you mm-hmm. know is sort of that like yeah you could like try and become like the best football player ever and stuff but you also got to prepare for the chance that you might one day have to, like a life altering injury where you can't play anymore. So what do you do now? Mm-hmm. Like, what's your backup plan? Did you make enough money to like potentially maybe just retire and like live off of your retirement funds or, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, or what, you know, that's, that's sort of the thing, which is why I think like, you know, with gaming, you know, at least when it comes to esports. A lot of these uh, players are looking at streaming as like a fallback mm-hmm. because it's like, yeah, you have to be a personality and people know who you are because, oh, you're good at that one game and you place in high in a lot of those tournaments. So people always are going to watch you because you're good and competitive and hopefully you have enough of a personality to where people will just watch you because of you, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, that is... Uh, that's sort of the sort of take I think we've had. Like, yeah, esports, they're fun, they're cool. There's a lot of money into it, but you gotta really like, you know, you gotta thread that needle, right? Mm-hmm. You can't, <laughs> you can't just spend all this money believing that you can be the next esport like champion, like the next best player in Call of Duty, Fortnite, or whatever. But when it doesn't happen, you wasted a bunch of money. And buying all this stuff. <laughs> and you're just like, well, shit, I'm not that good. But I don't want to put in the effort. I thought I was good already, you know? Mm-hmm. So why did I spend all this money for? <laughs> uh, and that's why the best way to go about it is to make it a hobby. Yeah, I guess, you know, like as a side thing. And then once you start to see sort of the, the, the fruits of your labor mm-hmm. develop, then it's like, okay, maybe I should take the next step, you know? Exactly. And I guess that's a good place to like end the episode, right? Like it, it's viable, it's possible, but it's a lot of time and dedication. Making it a hobby probably is probably the best way to go about it. <laughs> um but it doesn't secure anything as to see like what like we mentioned earlier with like something like Capcom Cup, the fact that by the way, this is Capcom Capcom Cup nine. Took like nine of these to to at least get a you know a million dollar 
worth of money. And that's for the next one. <laughs> yeah, and even then, like, when you think about it, it's like, that means it's taking, like, two iterations of Street Fighter. Because they started uh, Capcom Cup back with Street Fighter 4 at this yeah. point. You know? It, it's taking them, like, two, like, generations, essentially, of Street Fighter games to get to a point where Capcom is like, yeah, let's throw in a billion dollars as a prize pool or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds pretty cool. With it, and, like, it's a game that is, that's, like, not as big as, say... Well, it's there's an influence, yes, but it's not as big as like League or Fortnite. It's the it's the top tier of fighting games, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's like if Dota or League took like the same amount of time as Street Fighter to get to like a million dollar prize pool. That's how weird that is, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's just all kinds of craziness without you know. Yeah. But anyways guys, um if you take infamous, just play games and have fun. If you have enough if you feel like you can do it competitively, go for it. Uh but anyways, uh, if you enjoy what you heard, be sure to follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as the Geeks Interiors, where we're most active on Instagram. Where you know you'll find a link to all podcasts says we're officially part of like in like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and all that like. And a link to the YouTube for all you audio listeners out there. And if you want to support us there, Go ahead. We also have Patreon for any form of support. And yeah, guys, it's the end of the episode. It's been me, your boy Eli. It's been me, Joe. You guys have a good one. Peace.